the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Baron Cheek, and I'm standing in for my brother in Christ and my pastor, Pastor John Allworth, with New Covenant Church of Greater Heights, which is located at 240 West 18th Street in Houston, Texas, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Um, my brother, uh, Pastor John, is enjoying some time with his family and his lovely wife, Rebecca, so he asked me to stand in for him today. He uh, has been teaching lately. His theme has been on healing and the healing power of Christ. And so I'm going to try and stay with that theme. And But we are going to cover a little bit of a side topic in that. We're actually going to discuss some of the things, one of the biggest things that people have to heal from in their life is relationships. So we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about current day relationships. We're going to talk about some Bible verses that support relationships and go through some of the structures of different types of relationships in the short time that we have. But first, I'd like to open us up with a word of prayer. If you'll please join me. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just come before you, Lord, and we thank you so much. We thank you so much for the the price that your son Jesus paid upon the cross for each and every one of us, that we could have salvation, and we could have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for being our God, our Father, our guide, and our mentor, and our friend. We thank you for the love that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for the protection. We pray, Lord, that you'll anoint the Word today and help us all to understand it and receive it and let it guide us in our in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so as, as we go forward to discuss relationships, this is some of the things that I've noticed that people have the hardest time recovering from because there can be beautiful relationships out there and there can be some that do a lot of damage and some that take a lifetime to recover from. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is who we are in Christ and how we, how we operate in relationships. Um, the foundation of every relationship is that you have to understand, and I do have Bible verse to support this, that in every relationship you are to act as a servant. And that's covered in Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. Now, what does that mean in your relationships to act as a servant? You have to remember that you have the Holy Spirit. When you got born again and you got saved, you took upon you the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the Word says that you shall take up your cross and follow him daily. And that means in these relationships, you're basically like Christ— you're going to be crucified. Now, does that mean that you're to be abused or neglected or somebody's doormat? 
Absolutely not, because then that changes the dynamics of how the, oper- uh, the Holy Spirit can operate within that relationship. But it does mean that you are to be a Christ-like ambassador of the Holy Spirit. And that means you have to achieve certain levels of spiritual maturity. That means that when you're talking with somebody, if there's an area of contention or conflict, you have to take yourself out of the equation, and you have to use the Holy Spirit in you. This can be one of the biggest challenges. You know, I've heard people say, as the Bible says, love God with all your heart and all your might and all your strength, and love others as I have loved you. Well, that first part, love God with all your might and all your strength, once you get saved and you start to have communion with God and you start to enjoy your worship with God, that first part is so easy to love God. He really, truly is a good father, a good teacher, a good God. But that second part, to love others the way God has loved me, that is a challenge. Because what we find is that as we navigate different relationships, we're walking through minefields, minefields of humanities. What are these humanities that we're talking about? Well, it talks about them in the, in, the, in, in the Word. It says envy, jealousy, anger, bitterness. Uh, it can be relational issues. It can be defensiveness. It can be greed. It can be conceitedness. It can be arrogance that you're just having to navigate these things. And believe it or not, again, remind yourself, you have to take yourself out of the equation to be able to be the example of the Holy Spirit in these people's lives. Because you have to remember, you may be the only example of that Holy Spirit that they see. So you have to stand your ground and you have to be the example of Christ for them so they can see what that means. And sometimes one of the biggest challenges you're ever going to face is some of the parts of the Bible where it says, do not return insult for insult. Okay, And so that's what I found, that the biggest challenge in my Christian walk has been the relationships. Sometimes these are brothers and sisters in Christ, and sometimes they're not. Either way, you have to remember that you are there as an example of the Holy Spirit. You have to pick up your cross and walk with him daily. And I'm going to say this part a couple different times throughout this, this talk that we're having today. You know, the last, one of the last things Jesus said when he was on the cross was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And you got to remember, you have the Holy Spirit. He works as a filter. If you properly pray and stay in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit guides you. They don't always have the Holy Spirit or they don't have it to the level that you do. So they're going to naturally operate in their spiritual nature or their flesh and what we know as humanities. They don't know how to operate with the Holy Spirit. They probably haven't read any of the Bible. The Word of God does not guide them. They're guided by the world's standards. And that is why you are going to have a hard time. And if you ever want to take a look at that, I strongly believe read the Bible and see what Jesus went through trying to work with people. He ended up giving his life for it. And so you can expect just as many challenges as that that did. A couple of things I'm going to talk about in your relationships that people need to see with you being an example of the Holy Spirit is, number one, do not be superficial and always have integrity in your relationships. People need to know that they can trust you and they need to know that they can count on you. We've entered a time where it is very hard in this day and age to find integrity and strong character. You know, back in the day, my grandfather taught me a saying. He said, you know, he taught me, And he was from the World War II generation. He taught me, a man is only as good as his word. And these are things you just don't hear anymore. But believe me, people will appreciate it 
when they see it in you, when they know that they can count on you, when they know that you're being transparent, when they know that you're being truthful with them, you'll find that they come to you more and more. You know, when I was a chaplain at the, at the Harris County Jail and I would be in the cells talking to the cellmates, sometimes I'd have two or three or four guys that I'd be talking to at one time, but I'd see that the guys over there laying in their racks and laying in their beds and stuff, pretending like they weren't listening, were actually listening because they knew over a period of time that I was transparent and that I was truthful and that whatever I told them, I told them from my heart. And that's what people need to see in the believers. They need to see that in the children of God, especially in this day and age when we're in a time of lawlessness and it seems like good character has gone out the window and people aren't held accountable for anything anymore. And, and they need to see the difference in you. They need to see the difference in the believers. And do not forget that you're a representative of the Holy Spirit because, again, it could be that God has chosen you to do the work in someone's life, to be the example of Christ in their life. And that is why it's important to walk with integrity. Some general scriptures that are applicable to all these relationships. And this, again, is going to be your challenge Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger do not sin, and do not let the sun go down before you approach your brother in Christ. And basically that means don't get angry and act out of your flesh and retaliate on somebody. It also says the same thing. Do not return insult for insult, because then you're taking, hey, you're, you're, you're insulting me, you're offending me, and you're operating in your flesh if you feel like you need to retaliate. And then what happens? Well, the enemy has a field day because these people are at each other's throats, and, and the Holy Spirit is nowhere to be found. So that's why, again, you need to learn to die to yourself, crucify your flesh, walk in the Spirit, and and do not let your anger lead you into sin. And Proverbs 29, 11, A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. And that's the same thing we were just talking about, Ephesians 4, 26. Do not lose your temper. Take yourself out of the equation. Let the Holy Spirit guide you as to how to navigate your relationships. Luke 6.29, if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, give him your tunic also. Again, that's to be walking in the Spirit and also to crucify yourself and and let the Holy Spirit take the reins on how to navigate some of these, these personal interactions. Love others as you love yourself. And that one also falls in line with crucifying yourself. Now, we're going to go through some of the structures of different types of relationships, and I am going to get a little bit controversial here. I'm going to start talking about some of the places where society has changed the nature of relationships in the way that God meant them to be. And I'm also going to address some issues that are happening in our society at almost an endemic level. First, I'd like to talk about the family model. That means mother, father, and child. You know, in this day and age, the marriage model has been corrupted so much that people aren't even bothering to get married anymore. And that means that God's sanctification of the relationship between a husband and wife is no longer standing firm. And if that's the case, you can imagine what's happening to the children. Now, in this day and age, we see a lot, a lot, a lot of fatherless children. Why is that? A lot of people think, well, the mother is the most important figure. She provides the nurture. She provides the compassion, the understanding, the kindness, and the mercy. The child literally learns these things, and it's not always set in stone, but for the most part, the mother teaches the child compassion, understanding, kindness, nurture, and mercy. 
you know, basically those natures of, of Christ that, that, that give mercy and love. But the father plays just important of a role, okay, in these family relationships. And people didn't realize that until the last couple of years it started becoming more and more pronounced that, that a father is the one that provides teaching the children integrity, strong character, fortitude, honor, and fear of the Lord and how to walk with the Lord. Now, again, these cross over in certain places, but to put all these burdens on the mother to be the mother and the father leaves the child in a place where they just don't get the same. They don't get the same. Let me tell you how this hurts. Let me tell you how this hurts the child. When they don't get taught integrity, character, fortitude, honor, and fear of the Lord, then what they're open to is the susceptibility to their environment. And what do we see out there? Well, when I was growing up, what I saw is a lot of the neighborhood kids. I learned crime from children in the neighborhood. I learned anger and violence a lot from the music I was listening to for the day and age. A lot of heavy metal. And I've heard a lot of the other music that's out there with rap and stuff. There are lyrics there that are just not conducive to a, a godly lifestyle. And that goes for heavy metal, and now there's other there's there's pop music out there that sings, uh, sings about sensuality and sexuality, and that's what kids are being exposed to, as well as the TV. We haven't even gotten into the TV and what kids are learning on there. And if a father doesn't come to the child and say, "Look, this is who we are, and this is who we aren't. We don't act like this, and you're not going to act like this. If I catch you acting like this, you're, 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 I'm going to get your hide." Okay, it's a father that teaches the child their heritage it's a child that teaches the father their identity it's a child it's a child it's a father who teaches the child how to stand the line and hold and believe in who they are and when that's taken out of the way they're susceptible to the voice of the world and the enemy that's in it and believe me he is out like a roaring lion to corrupt steal and destroy these children and we're seeing it we're seeing it now in a land that has gone with a spirit of lawlessness so, with that being said, I've got a couple of scriptures here. Exodus twenty twelve, Honor the mother and father so that you may live long and prosper. Ephesians 6, 4. Father, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And that's the most important one. Because we've seen more and more where our godly heritage, our godly values, our, our, our godly innate indwelling of the Holy Spirit has been corrupted. I remember back in the days, 1970s, late 1960s, when they used to have family shows like Little House on the Prairie. They used to have family shows like The Waltons, Eight is Enough, The Brady Bunch. And there you used to see more where the man was the head of the family and the mother was the one that was looking over the children, keeping a tab on who's doing what. Well, you know, Johnny lost his first tooth today, and, well, Jimmy, he's, he's going through little problems being bullied at school. I think you need to spend some time and talk with him about how to handle this situation. You know, the father was the head of the family. And in the perfect world, the father's the head of the family because he's the one that's in line consulting and leading the family under the authority of Christ. And Christ is under the authority of God. Now, in modern times, that's been changed. And it really can't be blamed too much because what happened during the 60s and 70s, we had a cultural shift. And, and we saw where men 
many cases, I strongly believe, and you may agree or not agree with this, but we went through a time of a very strong fleshly societal movement called the sexual revolution. And what this did is it made men enhance their sexuality more. This created a lot of problems during that day when women could no longer, if they were going to hold the righteous line and be righteous in their lives, they could no longer completely trust and believe in men. And in a lot of ways, they took themselves out from under the authority of men. And this happened strongly with another societal move called the ERA. Now, I'm not condoning that women can do great things and wonderful things. But what I have seen in this day and age is that men and women, men have lost their paternal instincts to a great extent. Women have lost their maternal instincts to a great extent. I'm not saying everybody, but I am saying look at how hard it is to make marriages work in this day and age. The divorce rate is above 50%. And the fatherless children rate is at an all-time high. The family values have gone out the window. And I strongly believe it's because of the damage that was done in that day and age to corrupt the family model and what God meant for it to be, which was God, Jesus, man, woman, child, with a strong family values. You have to also remember that in the perfect family with father teaching the children and training them in the ways of the Lord, that the father is the first concept that these children are going to get of what and who God is. And that is why it's important that he stay reconciled with God so that they get the proper training and image and subconscious image of who God is in their life once they leave the house. And that's an important thing for them to take with them from the house. I'm going to read you another scripture here. This one is a little bit lengthy. Philippians 2, 3 through 7. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you, to the interests of others. In your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So that means even the Son of God tossed away and did not acknowledge his guidance, his powerful guidance, and took on the nature of a servant in his relationships, even unto death on the, on the cross. Now, I'd like to move on to another type of relationship, the husband and wife. And I'd like to implore you to read a book. There's a book called, I believe it's The Five Love Languages. Uh, the, the Five Love Languages. It's a Christian book where it teaches how to take yourself out of the equation and be more concerned because you have to remember in your relationships you are to die to yourself, pick up your cross daily. And that means love others the way God has loved you. One of the deepest things in marriage, and yes, I've been through marital counseling before, one of the deepest things you learn in marriage is to not live for yourself but live for the fulfillment of your spouse. And this goes for men and women. Okay? I'm going to give you a scripture, 1 Corinthians 11.3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man. The head of Christ is God. And it also says in the word that the woman is to be submissive to the man, but the man is to love, honor, and cherish his wife, as he loves himself. So with that being said, when you take a look at a book like uh, 
the five love languages, when you take a look at these, you see that the marriage model is where the man lives to see to that that his wife and her needs are fulfilled. Those needs, what are they? Does it does it mean money, a new car, living in the right neighborhood? No. What it means is how do you communicate to her heart? Where is she at? And where is he at? What are his what are what is her love languages? Well, to a lot of women it might be affection, it might be quality time, it might be affirmation. So when she's having those places fulfilled, then her cup is full. And she's able to be the woman that God created to be and be the wife that the husband needs. And that's what it means to love, honor, and cherish, to look deeper into her heart and see what, what it is that fills her up, what it is that completes her, what it is that, that she needs from her husband to make her feel complete so that she can be a wife, a godly woman, and a mother. Likewise, the man is the same way. With a lot of men, I do know that the, one of the underlying love languages, you might say, is respect. It's important that the man is respected by the wife and the children. Now, keep in mind, the man has to be, again, reconciled to God so that he is a respectable man. And this is some of the marriage principles that's been lost in our society. And I strongly believe this is why men and women have lost their paternal and maternal instincts, because they're not filled. They're not getting the fulfillment from their spouses. There's too many marriage pollutants going on in this world from things like alcohol, things like drugs, things like pornography and the TV and all of the things that it has there going on. So this is some of the marriage models of relationships that we really need to invite Christ into our lives to live as he did to take up your cross and follow him daily and be an example of Christ in these people's lives in our marriages in our relationships with our friends and our co-workers in everyday society. And last but not least, I would like to say in this day and age, I have seen so much of, again, the mainstream media pushing these narratives on our society that has nothing but hate and anger and angst and division set up in it. And I'm going to tell you, that in Colossians 3.11, it says, Here there is no Gentile, nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And I can personally testify that in my church and where I go with my brothers and sisters in Christ, there is no racism that I have seen. I have not seen it within the body of Christ that I follow in. I'm sure it's out there. But I truly believe that it's a fringe element of our society. And I truly believe that each one of us has a heart to love our brother, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have seen that, that within my community of church, it's the love of God in there. I want to thank you for your time this evening. I want to implore you to pray over your relationships and invite Christ into them to show you how to operate in the Spirit, to pick up the cross and walk with Jesus daily so that you can be the example of the Holy Spirit in everyone's life. In Jesus' name, amen.